You're listening to the Three Angry Giant Fans Podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere, brought to you by Manscaped, with your hosts, Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen to us free on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Set the high screen. Oh, and he, <laughs> just oh. oh, players mess up. Said the Seattle Mariners. I believe he did. Yeah. Okay. So what was worse, the block or the Mariners? Hey, no, no, you're better than Jerome. Okay. So, well, well, coach, I know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to show this copy, and he's going to remind guys how to finish games and be self-deprecating about, hey, we got to be on the details. That goes for old dinosaurs like me. I know he's going to say something like that to that effect to remind these guys how important these details are. And that's everybody across the board, and it starts with him, and that's why these guys want to play for him. They'll run through so that call is basically what encapsulated that game in a nutshell. It summed it up in one bungling sequence by Jerome Boger. He calls the Seattle Seahawks coaching staff the Seattle Mariners, and he enforces a penalty after the play that happened during the play. Now, it didn't it didn't affect the final outcome, but the guy is just, he's hes over his head. He, he should be out of the league by now. Uh, you know, Boker, I, 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 I was going to say, Mike, I don't remember, you know, one of my pet peeves, I don't remember a safety being scored early in the game where we were confusing the Seahawks with the Mariners. Like, the, the score was never 5-3 at one point, you asshole. Right, the, the token baseball reference that we always get. But go ahead, Mike. I, I jumped. Yeah, in. no, I, I uh, that's fine. Uh, Scott said it encapsulated the game. It encapsulated the the season and the whole league, not just for the Giants. The officiating in this league is to be kind about it is substandard. Yeah, uh, I have other thoughts on how bad it is uh, to the you know, as I've mentioned a, a couple of different times this year, to the point of uh, what the hell's going on here, uh, but. Yeah, it, it really did. It captured the ineptitude, especially at Boger's crew, who we know a lot about already. But it's just kind of, it, I mean, both things are laughable, as you mentioned. Didn't affect the outcome of the game. You know, he had a slip of the tongue. Ha ha. But, you know, calling that thing after the play when, I mean, if you really think about it, there can't be inter- sideline interference after a play. When the play's over, <laughs> you, you can't interfere. So it's a, it's a ridiculously stupid call. I'm glad it didn't affect anything because, man, that the, without, you know, we'll get into this a ton, but there's a couple of things that happened in that game where that could have been, that game could have been really close at that point. And, you know, had they given uh, Seattle, if they tacked that on after the game ending first down, uh, you know, that's just another screw job had it happened. Didn't happen, of course, so not really worth talking about, but it pretty much just captures everything. Yeah, so we are the three angry giant fans, your host Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. We are six and two heading to the bye, which is, you know, so we've lost in Seattle, and 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 I'll I'll tell you what, we, it's it's a little bit expected. We had just come back from London, then we went to Jacksonville, and then we are flying across the country to Seattle. Winning in Seattle when you have a good team is really tough. When you have a team that's, you know, still young and finding itself to win there, it would be huge. So six and two is nothing any of us 
foreseed be, be, before the season. So, uh, you know, let's let's look back on that and we'll talk about that in a second. But let me give a shout out first before we get into it. So this is in my backyard where I grew up. Hello, Horseheads, New York. Horseheads. Horseheads. The uh. home, home of professional golfer Joey Sindelar. And the name came from a mass of bleached skulls of pack horses that were left by general john sullivan when he went through and torched the area way back in the 1800s i love the history lesson so is it horse heads with a plural there's an s there yeah, on the end of that? horse yeah. heads horse love heads it. now is horse it one heads. word or two is there a little hyphen one in word there? one horse word. heads i got yep. it's awesome hello yep. hell, horse heads i uh i wish i had a heads up on that because i actually have a shirt downstairs <laughs> that says horse heads on it the pizza shop, yeah. Pudgy's Pizza, horse heads. Pudgy's Pizza, pizza. yeah, sludges yeah. for our listeners uh, from back home. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't just get football knowledge from the Three Angry Giants; no. you get historical background here. I, I, I lived, I lived forty-five minutes from horse heads. Never knew that. Yeah. I mean, if I if I had just been a little curious, you know, it's like, why mm. the hell is that town called Horse Heads? Never even thought to look. Apparently, get... the in, the Indians that were left behind saw these skulls and line them up on the road so anyone that came by was like oh jesus what the hell is this yeah history lessons geography lessons you get everything it's a it's just a smorgasbord on on the three angry giant fans <laughs> so so uh we did stay put at the trade deadline yesterday and I, I know we'll get into that a lot of giant fans want to add some receivers <laughs> I, I i think given the receiver options that were out there it would have been an expensive proposal we did claim wide receiver isaiah hodgins from Buffalo today. Uh, I think he's out of Oregon state, pretty decent prospect, uh, taller guy, not, not very, not fast, but he, he could be a red zone target. Maybe he is what Galladay was envisioned to be, but as of right now, he'll be on the practice squad. It's somebody. What'd you guys think of staying put at the, uh, trade deadline? You know, I think I'm one of those who got sucked into the, um, to the six and one record kind of a little bit. And, was almost, which is very unlike me, was actually kind of hoping for some sort of move at the deadline. But, you know, what I respect about it, and after the fact, and after I took a breath, is the the coaching staff and the and the general manager and the front office, they have a plan and they're sticking by it. It's almost like they, they ignore the record. Like, we come into this year, we have a plan for this year. Six and one, six and two is, is fantastic. You know, it's great. Um, but this isn't our year. This is not our year where we're gonna where we're gonna pressure somebody to go to the Super Bowl. So we're gonna stand pat. We're not only gonna be not be buyers, we're gonna be sellers. We're gonna pick up some draft picks and um and you know, uh go go forward with the plan as it is. And you know, as anyway, even at six and two, you look ahead at the schedule a little bit, you look at the way we've been playing, we got some people coming back maybe. The playoffs is, is a very realistic possibility for this team in a in what anyone would have to consider a rebuilding year. So um, took a step back, really actually very good with it. Uh, I think this coaching staff is building to not just win a Super Bowl. This coaching staff, this trip front office is building to make a run at several. Yeah, spot on, Mike. I, my thoughts uh, were very similar. I, I, I have to admit, though, the last couple of days, uh, my anger started seeping in, and I was definitely getting pissed off because um, it was, you know, the, the deadline was looming, right? We were down to a couple days and a couple hours, and especially uh, after the way, you know, Sunday's result went, um, you know, we we really were, 
you know, that game came down a lot to the passing game, just not being there and not having reliable receivers, you know? So I was thinking uh, the same thing, like, you know, the, the names that were out there and what really sucked me in and got me pissed off were that the other teams were making moves. Chicago picked up, uh, you know, you know uh, Claypool, I think, you know, and then, you know, Judy's name was out there, of course. And there were other names. There was, there were, you know, uh, there were names that were being thrown around. I'm like, why are we not talking to anybody? Why are we not? How come I'm not hearing about the, what, what moves the giants got to make? And, and, so I, I got kind of sucked into that. Well, let's win now mode. You know, we are six and two. We're going into the bye. You know, we have that extra week to even prepare and put a game plan together. If we bring do bring in, you know, uh, uh, someone off the trade block there. So I, I and then I, I kind of relaxed, took a deep breath, and then um, you know heard the words of Joe Shine and and of course our yeah our general manager and and, and the, the coaching staff. And they brought it back down and said, this is the plan. And they have a strategy. And it wasn't something they probably weren't in love with maybe a lot of the guys that were available to them. And that's that's good. They know a lot more than I do, certainly. So if they if their gut was, was telling them that they weren't going to make a move now and the plan is to build, um, you know, e- either through the draft or next year, what have you, then maybe this year is still like kind of that gravy year. I, I, I The one thing is we better – you know, it's, I, I shouldn't say we better, but it's, you know, to miss the playoffs would be devastating when, when, you know, starting six and one. So that was my biggest concern. It's like, man, we have a really great position here to, to add somebody, you know, some playmaker to this team, make a playoff run. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I, I like the idea. This is different than I felt uh, in the last couple of years with our uh, staff and our general manager. I had no faith and trust, you know, with, with the last year at Gettleman right. there. Now I have a lot of confidence and faith in these guys. So I just got to uh, trust the system and trust what they're doing. Yeah. And one move that was made after we came on the air last week, uh, and it might've raised a few eyebrows, not on the player that was traded, but Kadarius Tony went to the chiefs for a third and a sixth. Um, and, and, and I wouldn't necessarily categorize that as us being sellers at the market. What I would say is that we offloaded an asset that was producing nothing and providing nothing to us thus far and got a pretty decent return on it. Yes, he was a first rounder, but to get two draft picks for a guy who who saw the field maybe four times in his career and, and yeah. it seemed like every time he was on the field, he, he ended up leaving injured. And now he shows up to Kansas City. He talks about how healthy he is. Either the guy did not want to play here or he couldn't play in either way. You, you don't want a guy like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well said about, yeah. I didn't realize that. Um, I did not realize that we hadn't talked about that on air yet. That, that is what I meant when I said, not only are we buyers, but we're, we're sellers. And well characterized, though, Scott. I mean, to get two draft picks, including a number three, for, you know, we, this, the talk about uh, Tony was going back to before the season started. This is a guy who seemed like he didn't want to be here, as you said. And, and that is quite a draft haul. Um, you know, Tony may end up being a great receiver. I mean, he's in a great situation now, right? But um, for us, I think it's absolutely the right move. Very hard to turn down. And, and for a team, as we said at the beginning, very much into the rebuild, whether the record says it or not, what a what a no-brainer of a move. Well, I will say this. I, I mean, I can't comprehend his thought process, but if he truly did not want to be here, he just squandered an excellent opportunity. He could have been the number one guy on a team that does not have <laughs> wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. And, and if this clown did not want to play for us, that's his own prerogative, but it seems like a very stupid and foolish move if you ask me. And then, uh, you know, now he goes to Kansas city where he's one of many. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you wonder what the thought process is with, with some of these guys, especially these young guys, you know, I mean, he's in what his second year and 
you know, here's the, the Giants, are, they're trending up. I'm not saying Kansas City's not. They're still, in, you know, they're an elite team and can win the Super Bowl this year, certainly. Uh, we understand that. But uh, to your point, Scott, uh, you know, you're maybe a number one receiver uh, in, in Tony and staying with the Giants and and working in this offense. And, you know, we're six and two. We're not two and six right now. Two and six, I could say, yeah, we're going nowhere. This is a freaking sinking ship. But right now, you know, we're, we're trending up. And it's just disappointing that it got it, you know, like when you draft a guy, you kind of feel like that's, it's your guy, you know, and you, you kind of want to see him develop on your team, on our, you know, on our team. And the fact that that's not going to happen now, it's like, all right, man, good riddance, good luck. You know, um, I don't wish you any Ill, Ill will, but, um, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll move on. We'll move well, on from here. That trade with the Bears is the trade that keeps on giving. We still don't know what we have for it because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we just right. traded Tony for two other picks that we yeah. Uh, yeah. are to be determined. So I, yeah. I always think that's pretty funny. So uh, to the Seattle recap, um, Obviously, the the big plays in that game were the two special teams turnovers by Richie James. I mean, Jones could not mount a fourth quarter comeback in part due because Richie James fumbled out or fumbled away a, a perfect chance for us to be able to do, to do that. And there really was no wide receiver help outside of Slayton. There were guys that just were dropping. Marcus Johnson dropped a couple more balls. We had Sills. I think he had one catch and was non-existent otherwise. Uh, just... Uh, our, our tight ends now still without Bellinger. And I'll get to that in a minute because the loss of Bellinger is felt more in other areas than just the receiving game. But uh, thoughts on the on the fourth quarter? It seemed like we had a shot. It seemed like we were going there. Uh, just didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I felt like off, offensively, just no rhythm all all game. I felt, you know, I looked at a couple, you know, the, 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 the stats today and, and, yeah, of course, the, the two fumbles are the most obvious uh, places you can point, of course, right? Because those are the ones that stand out the most, especially in the fourth quarter there when you're getting the ball back down by seven and, you're, and you know, with six and change left, it felt a lot like the Tennessee game, right, guys, where, um, you know, we, I was, we we were thinking, holy crap, if they can go down and, and, and score here, you know, they go for two. I was already starting to think, do we take the lead, you know, if if Jones leads them down the field? But it was one of those games that just, it, it didn't have quite the feel Obviously, that it's had in the last couple of weeks. Um, well, aside from the fact that I predicted the Giants to win, which I haven't done, I, I was <laughs> I was so pissed at myself last week. I think we all predicted a win, right, against we Seattle, did. and uh, we did. Yeah, I was thinking uh, suckers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> One avid listener, you know, first thing they said to me is like, "Are you out of your mind? You picked them to win. You've you've asked you've picked them to lose the last three weeks, and they've won." And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know what the hell I was doing." And yeah, sure enough, I came through. But the the the, the stat that really stood out to me. I looked at it this this afternoon was um, the exact opposite of the Jacksonville game a week ago, the prior week, where we didn't have a single three and out on offense against Jacksonville. And in the first half alone uh, Sunday, we had we were, we were three and out four times yeah. and then another one in the second half. So five times we went three and out on offense. And that's hard to generate, you know, just a rhythm there where it felt like we really couldn't put a sustained drive together uh, all day. Seattle's doing a great job of getting pressure on Jones. They sacked him five times, a couple, you know, timely third down sacks. Barkley was certainly bottled up. We, we, we talked about that last week where defenses are, and, and rightfully so, they're cramming that box to, to uh, you know, the game plan is to stop, you know, Saquon Barkley. And and he's going to have a couple games like that. I think he had, he had 20 carries for 53 yards. So that's not going to get it done. Not when we don't have the passing uh, offense to, um, you know, make up for, for those, you know, lost yards on the ground there. So, you know, in the fourth quarter there, Scott, I was, you know, it, it was tough to see. Um, I don't know. I, it was tough to see mounting a comeback there. It, it, we never had to lead all game. That was one of those games, man. It was just, uh, 
It felt like it was out of our grasp, even though now in years past, that was probably a blowout again. This is, again, a lot of the maturation of the Giants. You know, and we know we know we're good now. We don't have to. Conv- I, I got to stop convincing myself that, you know, six and one now, six and two. Uh, they're going to be in every game. You know, there's there's nobody out there that's just going to roll them right now. I don't feel like I mean, we can talk about the Eagles and all that stuff later on down this season. But right now, that was just one of those games where. Um, <laughs> yeah, the turnovers, though, for God's sakes. I mean, Richie James, hold on to the goddamn ball. You know, I mean, you already fumbled the first, you know, early on. Uh, you're not going anywhere on a punt return. Just hold on to the ball and give our offense a chance. That's well, all least, I was hoping for. At least yeah. get popped or have it stripped or something. Just don't get touched and drop the fucking ball. Yeah. 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 Twice. Twice. Yeah. Not protecting the ball. Exactly. Brutal. Yeah. It's, um, you know, the, I'm going to, I'm only going to say this once, but everything bad I say about the Giants in this game, just here in your head when I'm done, the this sentence or this couple sentences, which is, Despite all of that, the Giants have, in my opinion, at least a 50-50 shot to win this game if we just field two punts. Um, with all everything you know, we're going to say about you know how the offense took a step back and, and lack of receivers finally caught up with us, and losing Bellinger certainly hurt, and and the defense at some key times in this game it just was you know, defense from two years ago where it was, you know, uh, 13, 11, 6, 14 touchdown. We had a, like two of those drives against us, which, you know, so all of that, just imagine my voice at the end saying, yet in the fourth quarter of this game, if we can feel or second half of this game, if we can field two damn punts, yeah. um, you know, and one of them, the first one of the two, you know, the second one ended the game, right? The, obviously the first one, Man, that that is when the Giants were about to pop off in that game. And, you know, everything was going their way. They had just scored. We forced Seattle to punt. I mean, the you know, Giant, we're pumped up. We're out of our seats. If that place were in Giants, mm-hmm. if that game were in Giants Stadium, the lid would have come off the building. I mean, and and we just he just fumbles the ball. It just strips us. And, and I'll tell you, that game to me came down to three punts because the one of the game changers, I believe, in the first half was that penalty out of nowhere uh, that turned mm, us a, 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 a non-existent blindside yeah. block. Yeah, a possession yeah. that's going to start at, like, what was it? The 35, Seattle's 40? And uh-huh. instead, instead, we're backed up. It, and it, was a, it was a difference of 40 yards in, 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 yeah. in field position. Yeah, it was a 40-yard field position. Of course, of course, backed up, then we end up going three and out punting. And now good field position for Seattle. It completely changed yeah. the first that that sequence. And, and of course, Seattle ends up scoring on that, and I believe taking the lead uh, back after we had tied it or making it a two score. I don't I don't remember exactly, but it just came down to those those three punts. And um, yeah, and, and guy, you know we we talk about Jerome Boger all the time and, and the way he impacts a game. It is unacceptable to call a penalty like a blindside block. And then to actually not have a blindside block happen. I mean, when when you and I think about blindside blocks, we think about guys just getting launched. You know, a guy yeah. coming in just upending a guy. They yeah. called they called a blindside block on a player that was spinning around and getting. He was he was in the middle of being engaged by two different blockers, and they called a blindside block. He knew he was being blocked. Yeah, yeah, that you're you're dead right, Scott. I mean, that the, the purpose of that rule is to stop people from getting hurt, from getting blown up. This is three players running down the field, hand checking. Yeah. 
playing I, patty I, cakes, as I, I like I to mean, call that, it. I mean, that's what that call was on, and it, it's just infuriating. Not to mention that, I, well, of course, maybe that guy, if he hadn't been blocked so well, could have gotten loose and, and made the tackle. But another, just a, a invisible, game-changing, momentum-stealing penalty um, you know, to the you just think about it. The, the, the Giants deserve a forty-yard penalty on that play. I, I mean, that, <laughs> I just want to know what the I want to know what the mindset is of that ref. Is he like, oh my god, that guy just got launched out of bounds? I'm throwing the flag. Yeah. And does he does he not realize I just threw a flag on something that literally didn't happen, or is he is he running in going to Boger? I got a blindside block. I got a yeah. blindside block. <laughs> You know, I don't know that that's that's to me. Those are always the funniest conversations. What is the guy actually saying that he didn't see? I, no, no, by the way, no, no ramifications for this. You know, nah. there's, there's absolutely no repercussions for the guy that made up what he saw. I, we, we've I've covered never... it many times on, on our pod. I'm sorry, Mike, you know, where if you can't if 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 anyone on the opposing sidelines you know, it's like, oh, where the fuck is the flag on that? Are you kidding me? He's raping yeah. the guy out there. Like, who's yeah. doing that on that particular play? Yeah. And those are the ones that you hear all the, like, those are the roughing the passers. They're, those yeah. are typically the 15-yard varieties as well. Yeah. Those are yeah. the personal foul ones and, and the roughing the passers and the, like you said, the blind side. These are the blind side blocks. Again, when we saw the replay, again, we're doing the palms up looking like, where, what, what, nothing. Yep. Yeah. You're waiting for the guy to, like, just be, like you said, Scott, just be, like, just blasted from behind. Like, oh, well, at least where you can – when it's a legitimate call, anybody can live with that. Yeah, but when it's it's subjective bullshit, when there's nothing going on, it's just hard to stomach those calls. It changes the course of the game. Again, would it have changed the outcome of the, 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 the final score here? Who knows? Probably not. But, again, it's it's a major, major drive killer. It's a momentum swing. It's a oh. – it's, um, it just shouldn't be in the game. Shouldn't be in the yep. game. Now, for me, it's one of the it's one of the three plays in this game that decided the outcome. Uh, so, yep. um, the, the final outcome. Now, could, could the Giants have survived that? Of course, they could have. If 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 uh, whatever his name is, uh, what's his name? Boger. Is, no, no, the punt returner, James. Oh, James. James. Yeah, I've already t- forgotten about him. I want him off the team so bad. <laughs> if, uh, yeah, the Giants could have survived that if, if James just. Fair catches, two punts. Uh, we're in another coin flip situation. So, yeah. you know, but those three things together were were soul crushing. Here's a, another stat since we're on the officiating segment. Um, first game I could ever remember. You know, there was Jerome Boger called game. There was no holding called in that game. Is that right? I bet there you was... Kayvon Thibodeau would really want, want one. Well, that's, <laughs> that's exactly where I was going. I don't know if anyone noticed. Thibodeau was out of his mind getting around blockers and being held at the point of attack several times. Now I, I'm not going to complain about that in this game because they didn't call, you know, it was called, they just kept the holding flags themselves, which is fine. As we've said before, I'd rather have no flags, but yeah, Thibodeau if doesn't get held, has a multi-sack game here. He was loose several times and yeah. it got wrapped up. Uh, but again, as, as long as there's not three holdings of the giants and not on Seattle, I, I'll love, uh, I'll deal with that. The other the other point is that you two kind of made it pretty well, but I'll just add tack on. I never remember an illegal blindside block call where the person who was illegally blindside blocked wasn't laying on the ground after the play. That's the only one ever. I yeah. expect this is like Bosworth coming in, blowing up a quarterback yeah. or something. Yeah, the right. punter. The Heinz punter Ward or something. Yeah. Heinz I'd Ward, also, you know, back crack block. 
Yeah, I'd also be very curious to see how many of them there actually are ever called on kickoffs. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of hard when two teams are facing each other, running at each other to blindside block somebody. You know, it's I don't know. <laughs> so, well, let, let's let's not skirt past some of the positives, though. What were they? We have a really big positive here. <laughs> Slayton finally became our first wide receiver to break 200 yards for the year. Yeah. Slayton was good. Slayton it was took good. it took what eight games, and we have yeah. a 200 yard receiver now. Yeah. Wow! That's yeah. about the only positive. That is Slayton, just piss poor. Slayton was good. Slayton was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's hey guys. If you looked at the offense, Thomas again was very stout. Um, Tyre Phillips, who, who's replacing Neil, was not very strong. Um, Gates, in his limited action, helped open a hole for Barkley on Barkley's TD. But the loss of, of Daniel Bellinger hurts on us. It hurts us two different ways. It hurts us receiving, but he also was making big big strides on his blocking. And in reality, he's our only blocking tight end. So when when he's out, you see the impact in the run game. The other aspect you see it too is that on the RPOs. You know the, the the Seahawks were able to spy Jones this time, and there was no threat of a of a tight end coming out behind that guy that's spying, mm-hmm. which is something that Bellinger would have done. Um, so so the offense was was you know curtailed both by the wide receivers, also by by Bellinger not being there. Now on the defense, Dexter Lawrence again, good game. Leo Williams yeah. had a, was very strong in the middle. They were stopping. <laughs> Kenneth Walker had a touchdown at the end, but other than that, we bottled up Seattle's running attack pretty well. Um, McKinney had that huge sack right before the punt. Uh, another another play too, where you see the hit in live TV, and you're you're like, no, 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 he didn't hit him high. He yeah. didn't hit him high. Yeah. And of course, when they show the replay, he didn't. So I'm glad there was no roughing the passer. I lost my uh, shit yeah. on that too. No, I so. couldn't believe that flag didn't come out. Yeah, and uh, I didn't. I didn't even celebrate that sack. I, was, I did the Cardone on that. I was like. <laughs> You just got to freeze and just yeah. wait. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jalen Smith and, and Tom and Fox played really well. So, you know, we had, we got some, some decent play inside. Uh, Crowder did not play that well. Um, Love had some good stats. Love did struggle. He And, and Jackson made a couple good plays, including that strip sack of, of or strip fumble of Lockett and the recovery. But he also was burned for, for a TD, which is going to happen when, uh, when you're put out on an island like that. And and although he didn't have a great game, let's give props to Michael McFadden for his first ever career sack. Yeah. Yeah. No, Absolutely. there were definitely some positive signs there, Scott. You just pointed them. Actually, I was really encouraged uh, in the first quarter uh, <clears throat> defensively. We had a bunch of uh, passes defended in the secondary, right? Yeah. We were, we were, had, mm-hmm. you know, we had a bunch of, uh, we weren't getting to, to, to Geno Smith as much as I would have liked to. And we were blitzing early. I liked Wink's game plan early we were sending a lot of people and on the back end in the secondary we were batting down some balls and, and, and defending some passes so I it, it I was getting the sense that man to man we had some really tight coverage on their receivers so uh defensively that that part looked really good anyway, and then what what kind of puzzled me and I, I thought about it really like you know the day after whatever is I, I, it felt like we all of a sudden stopped blitzing late in the game I don't remember the, exactly the stats guys like in the first half versus the second half but I felt like we got just away from being aggressive and blitzing Geno Smith because when he was on, when, when we were sending, you know, that uh, a fifth or sixth attacker, we were getting there. We were getting enough pressure on Geno that he was obviously, and that, that goes for any quarterback, but Geno particularly 
uh, when he's comfortable, the guy, you know, I saw a statistic that he is leading the NFL, believe it or not. In completion in, percentage. Yeah, well, the, that and then another weird statistic, but I like this one. Um, he's only been 9% off, tar- off target with his attended receiver, like his throws, which is the lowest rate of any of every starting quarterback. So in other words, like, you know, where, where he's intending to throw the ball, he's only off by 9%. I don't know exactly how they... You know, it sounds like a next gen stat. It sounds like a next gen <laughs> stat, but it, what, whatever the case is. So, and that goes with, you know, yeah, when he's, so when he has time and he has room to throw, the guy's been the most accurate in the league of all, you know, I wouldn't have guessed that, but um, I felt like we got away from uh, being aggressive and, and blitzing a little bit. And really the, you know, well, aside from the, the locket drop, don't forget he had that drop touchdown as well. Um, you know, with it, which they could have gone up by seven. They went up by three. I think that's when they went up 13, 10, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then late in the game, the, the worst breakdown was when we tie it on a, you know, Gano 45 yarder. We had a decent, we had a nice drive there, 12 plays, uh, a drive, and then uh, five plays, 75 yards right down our throat, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which still only brought them up by seven. And then uh, we, we know what happened after that, the punt. But that was the only time that I saw, you know, the, I thought that the, the defense really broke down. And then we already mentioned offensively, but another thing uh, offensively, I noticed we were in third and long. This was the first game I felt like offensively where Barkley could not just fall forward uh, in a cloud of dust for three, four, five yards on first and second down. Felt like we were in third and long the entire afternoon. Hey guys, don't you love when when the redemption story happens? It doesn't happen for us, you know. Lockett drops a pass, and of course, you know they go back to him. He gets the touch. It's, it seems like something C.D. Lamb would. Oh, or CD Lamb has done against us. It's yeah, like, he, you know. we had that already with Lamb against us on, exactly. on the on the Monday night. Exactly, yeah. Scott. Yeah, these two games are, are sort of mirror images of one another that I look at because of the two losses we had. In both games, Jones was sacked more than any other game he's been sacked, and yep. he was pressured in double digits. Um, and, and more than any other times that he had been in any of other eight games. So to, to me, I look at this as being a, a function of if Jones is going to get sacked and Jones is going to be under pressure the entire game, we're probably going to have a negative result. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. I, I think we see the writing on the wall, um, you know, after eight games, that's what it's going to be. If we protect Jones, we're going to go toe to toe with just about anyone. If we don't, we're going to lose. Um, that's, I, I don't want to shut down the podcast for the rest of the year, but that, that's, that's a story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did hear a lot of chatter that be, what Seattle was doing to us on defense is the blueprint to stop us the rest oh, of the way. I, I, I don't uh, think that's the case. You know, I, I really don't. Yeah. The blueprint was supposedly there when Dallas beat us too. So I, you know, you know that's uh that could have been a pet peeve of mine. Uh, if I had more time to ha- flash that out a little bit. Every time the Giants get beat, and I'm sure this is every fan base and every team, you know, I guarantee you when, when Philly loses, especially if it's like, you know, 20 to seven or something, Philly fans are going to be jumping off bridges. Oh, the Bengals gave everybody the blueprint. We're, we're not winning a game the rest of the way. Mystery solved. <laughs> Copycat league. That's it. Mystery. Yep. The mystery. The code has been cracked. Yep. yep. The Philly safe. They're beatable but- now. They're vulnerable. They're yeah. <laughs> My my pet peeve is that Stupid. it seems like every loss you ever have, the fan base says the same exact thing. They came out flat. They came out and flat. I, and I heard it in this game too, and it's funny because we didn't run the ball to start the game. Well, we didn't against Jacksonville. We scored a touchdown the first drive. So it's like yeah. don't, you can't just pick and choose uh, when, when that kind of stuff happens. Everything will be no matter what you do. If you lose, you should have done the opposite, and everyone's <laughs> you know 
<laughs> do, a, do a Costanza and do the opposite. Exactly. <laughs> so we did. A, we had two losses in the Giants family just today. So uh, John McVay, the old head coach. Um, oh, no. The, saw the, that. He was there for the Miracle of the Meadowlands. Uh, he's Sean McVay's grandfather, 91 years old. He passed away today. Um, so maybe maybe Sean McVay will forgive us instead of stop uh, stop holding us responsible for firing the guy after he lost the Miracle of the Meadowlands. I don't know what we're supposed to do, if we're supposed to promote him or you know give him a, an award or something, but he already was head coach. I don't know what you make him, general manager. I, I That one's a mystery to me why there's a grudge there. By, by the way, 44 years later, how how come Giants fans in our nation, why, how come we haven't dubbed that game something else? Why? Like, <laughs> I don't fucking call it the miracle at the Meadowlands. I, it's misery at the, at yeah. the Meadowlands. You know, like, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not knocking you, Scott. I'm just saying like, that's what it's referred to, but n- not to me, <laughs> like, not yeah. to us. It's, still, it's a good point. I how still, come, like, I call the, it that. Right. How yeah. come the Giant fans haven't come up with like our own name for that ridiculous uh, play? I, you know why I think. Chris is because at, at the time it happened, I, re, I remember it's one of the, one of the very bizarre, Joe Pizarchik. I'll never find, but yeah, first games I remember yeah. watching my, I remember that my, the look on my dad's face, it was, I've never seen the contortion <laughs> on his, I mean, it was physical pain. And I remember very clearly, I remember his Eagle friend trying to call him and my dad ripping the phone out of the wall. I mean, <laughs> you, had a, you, had yeah. the, you had the cord. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I remember that day very clearly. And, and at the time, Holy cow, uh, man, that was the doldrums right there. But that for me, that is sort of the pivot point of an organization that was circling the drain, you know, to becoming what we what we had become after that. So maybe I don't it take some some of the heat off for me when people call it the mural, the miracle, the metal ads, just say, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, I think I think John McKay looked at our future games against the Eagles and just called it another Eagle game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That set the, the that set the universe uh, in, in motion for for shit to come the rest of you know the next couple decades. So I'm, I'm uh, living not not of that era, but I'm living back a little bit. I got the Roddy Hampton jersey on today, right. so uh, had been I had been wearing LT. I figured we lost. I got to mix it up a little bit. So uh, I thought it was other, a Rondane. <laughs> oh hey, no no no. Burn it. <laughs> the other uh, loss that the Giants family had, unfortunately, was. Tom Coughlin's wife, Judy, she lost her battle with uh, Alzheimer's disease. She was only 77 years old. And it's funny because just a couple weeks ago, we were at the Jacksonville game and they did a ceremony about the J fund, which is what uh, Tom Coughlin started for. I think it's for benefiting childhood cancer. And, um, you know, so he was coach for Jacksonville before the Giants, of course. And so they, they did a celebration of him down there for the J fund. And then Judy... Uh, unfortunately passed away today yeah that's uh that's sad um of course and there's no like two classier people you know that you know you see some of those i think that one of the giant super bowl things where they do the uh you know the espn does the recap of your season when you win the super bowl there i think one of those had judy on it talking about how you know watching tom kind of calm down uh that and uh just uh just a classy couple. And, and I, I certainly hope there's no giant fans that, you know, I know there was some animosity toward coffin at the end by some idiots. I hope that's all dead. I mean, that guy, uh, that guy, you know, put us on the map again. He and Tom Tom Coughlin could be my coach any day. Yeah, absolutely. 
No doubt. They're, they're, they're giant fans that, that to this day still worship Bill Parcells in yeah. the same vein. They're giant fans that should still be wor- worshiping Tom Coughlin. We shouldn't be saying bad things about arguably him. better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> those 80 teams would have kicked the shit. I think out of the, out of the two thousands teams that, uh, that one probably Coughlin uh, two for two. It's much more in, you know, recent history. And yeah, uh, yeah, we sort of, um, for some reason, gloss over the fact that Coughlin has, uh, you know, is responsible for two, two Lombardi trophies in this franchise. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And and the fact that he wanted to stay, he didn't leave us, you know, high and dry holding the bag like Parcells did. So certainly did. Yeah. Um, Excellent point. When, when we won the second Super Bowl, I think I said out loud, Tom Coughlin coaches my giants team until he either wants to, or he dies or, or until he doesn't want to anymore, or he dies. <laughs> yeah. That's you went to Super Bowls, especially the way, you know, when they won those in the 07 and 11, and the league is so damn competitive now yeah. to, to win two of those things. I mean, you look around the league and I know we're supposed to be talking about his wife and this has turned into a soliloquy to Tom, but uh, you look around the league and you know, these teams that everyone calls great, you know, Drew Brees and the Aaron Rodgers and the, I mean, they'll have done it once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so we are, we have reached the bye week. Um, and you know, like we, we started with the opener. We're, we're six and two, we're still six and two. And, and Mike, I think you touched upon this with, with talking about the playoffs being a real possibility. Our next two games are against the Texans and the lions, two teams that are combined for two wins. I'm not saying we're going to go eight and two, but it will be a disappointment if we don't go eight and two. Mm-hmm. And even if, if you know we go eight and two, then we still have Indianapolis on the schedule. We have Washington twice. I mean, you're looking at getting to ten wins, which is a a lock this year to make the playoffs. Nine might might get us in the playoffs the way the mm-hmm. NFC is. Ten is 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 almost a mortal lock. Eleven, and you, and you might be going to the Super Bowl with a free pass or something. <laughs> well, how do they work yes. that way? It's got to got to be careful though. One thing I, I I was looking at the schedule as well, and and yeah, well you know the bye. I'm not going to think about it too much. I mean, you know, I'm looking at the NFC East now, and and like this. So the Cowboys are on a bye. Uh, all of a sudden, no, like the, we don't need the Washington football team to be uh, you know in the mix and joining the party. All of a sudden, you know, they they won a close game last week for no reason. Uh, you know, at Indianapolis. So now all of a sudden, there you look up. Wow, holy shit! You know, Washington's four and four. You know, so. Uh, you know, they, it wasn't counting on that. You know, you look at the, the NFC, but you know, you look at our schedule and the Texans, uh, you know, two weeks out. Yeah. That would be a really bad loss if we lose to those guys, especially at home. And then I'll tell you what though, Detroit lions, I, I don't care what their record is. They're one and six. They are no joke though. The Detroit lions are no joke. They've had a lot of tough losses and close games this year. They score a ton of points. seems like their defense is suspect. We can talk about them. You know, I don't want to get too deep yeah. into a game that's, you know, a couple weeks out. But, uh, you know, the, all of a sudden you, you lose. This is this is how the NFL works, at least in my mind. You know, like you lose one game and all of a sudden, like, oh, you, you, you don't feel as comfortable as you did the week before. You look, I'm looking at the standings right in front of me and I'm looking at the whole conference. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like all of a sudden, like the 49ers <laughs> and the commanders are four and four and the Rams, you know, they, they're going to wake up and they're they're going to win some games. And Tampa, you never you know, can't count them out, even though that, you know, that's someone's going to win that division. But all of a sudden, it's like, man, we lose a couple more games, and we're on the outside looking in uh, the top seven seeds. We're a six seed right now, still comfortably with a two-game lead over in the wild card. But you lose one game in this league, and it gets uncomfortable quickly. Well, and I know you guys think the same way I do in a lot of aspects. So I'm watching the games on Sunday, already angry that we had lost. And yet you still have 
like every game that's that's a toss up or should go, you know, would be a positive for us if a team lost. It seems like everyone won that you know, like the 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 Saints ended up winning an interconference game. You know, I mean the the Washington won an interconference game. You know, Philadelphia won. It just it just kept going and going and going about yeah. the only game that might have helped us, honestly, was Carolina losing to Atlanta. I'm, by the way, a, a, a very boneheaded play. And I'll, I'm going to touch upon that on the on, on the pet peeves, because there's a there's sort of a hypocrisy that goes on with that. But I'll, I'll, I'll wait a, a couple more minutes until we get to that section. But that I mean, I can't think of many games that really helped us other than maybe that one. Yeah, I, I don't even at this point, I I'm honestly don't even look at it that way. I'm not really looking at wild cards yet and that stuff. Uh, all I know is I look at the schedule and there's nine games left and and five of them, the Giants, sh- I'm not saying should win, but have a real good shot to win. Yeah. If we go three and two in the in those games, we're at we're at nine. Nine games. right there. Yeah. If we steal another one, we're at ten. It, it, if it, we it, go, if we go, uh, four and one, we're already at 10. I, I mean, and you don't want to get ahead of yourselves. Like Chris no, said, and talk yeah. about Detroit, but Detroit just traded TJ Hawkinson. So they just lost a weapon and we get yeah. them, you know, coming up here in two weeks and they, you know, they're still banged up at wide receiver, banged up at running back. Uh, I think Dan Campbell's on the hot seat right now. Uh, interesting factoid though. Chris mentioned we're the sixth seed right now. Who do we play if we're in the playoffs right now? <laughs> we're just the stadium we just played at. at we, we would be at Seattle. <laughs> I, their, I would. I would hate another crack at Seattle yeah. with their piped in crowd noise. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then, know, uh, Chris, Chris <laughs> and I noticed that well, they would pan the crowd and everyone's sitting like yeah. this. You know, everyone's just sitting there like this. And maybe someone's just, going like this and the noise is. <laughs> The building shaking. You're like, what the, what the hell? Come on. That was getting Mike pissed, pissed off the most. I loved it. I was kind of sitting. I was just laughing along. And Mike's like, there's no one fucking even clapping their hands. Where's this fictitious noise and sound coming from? Yeah, they pound. They, they, yeah, they 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 zoomed across the. And you just see people standing there. Like some were clapping, but yeah. they look like they were that animated. No, no. It's it's. I don't even know. Like I don't. If I were an old older person, I don't think I'd go to a game there. You'd be like, "What the hell? There's no one around me even making any noise, and it sounds like they're landing, you know, a helicopter on the roof of this building." The the technology they employ in that stadium is like secret uh, high tech. Why is it not illegal? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> So, uh, support for the three angry giant fans is brought to you by manscape.com who is best in men's below the waist grouping. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels and, uh, continuing with what we've been doing for a while. You go to manscape.com, insert the code angry man, and you get 20% off your, uh, order and free worldwide shipping with the code. Um, we are going to be doing a couple of special ads for them coming up here in the holiday season. And, um, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still happy with the products guys. I, next two weeks, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be doing the podcast from Germany. So in Germany for two weeks, I want to, I want to maintain my fitness there. I'm going to have to bring some of my manscape products over and, uh, yep. and, and, and spread the word to the Europeans who are, 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 they're very metrosexual, aren't they? 
<laughs> oh yeah, you would think. Are. Yeah, you would think they would be really. Into be careful when going through uh, security there, Scott. Don't get any yeah. of your stuff taken away. Uh, your valuable manscaped uh, grooming. Does kit. manscaped have de- deodorant? Because I could bring some of that over too. They have Absolutely, <laughs> they do. Crop preserver, crop reviver. That's great stuff. Yeah. Oh, listen, manscaped right now. Hey, it's you know it's not too early to start your Christmas shopping. So you got that someone special on your list, and you're not quite sure what to get them, and you know they could you know benefit from some grooming help. Manscaped.com. Angry man is your code. Twenty percent off. Shopping list is done. There you go. Chicken dinner. I mean that's uh it's well said, Chris. It's after Thanksgiving, or it's not even Thanksgiving. It's after Halloween, which is when the Christmas season starts now. So yeah, jump on that. Uh, and good, it's a good thing for you traveling, Scott, that in our kit, we got that nice little travel case, right? Exactly. Sweet little travel, travel case. case. And you don't have to worry about it. I've used mine a couple times already traveling around. Uh, yeah, great stuff. And uh, stay with it. And uh, man, if you uh, if you have used our code and bought some stuff, we'd love to hear some feedback uh, about that. I know um, I I don't think this was too personal, but I, w- I just went on a guy's trip and uh, one of my buddies uh, was spending a lot of time scratching his nether regions. So I tossed him the crop preserver and uh, had say, hey, go check that out. Use that. Man, he, he came out and said, I'm buying some of that. So there you go. There we go. I used my spokesman ability. Uh, I just told him, you keep that now. That's yours. <laughs> but um, I'll buy I'll buy a new one. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting the next two weeks. Uh, so next week we have a buy. So there's not going to be a whole lot to talk about on, on next Wednesday. We're going to do a preview of, of the game that, that's after that, which I think is the Texans. Um, but I'm going to be doing, <laughs> I'm going to be doing the podcast at like three in the morning. So okay. I'm going to wake my, I'm going to wake my ass up. I'm going to have my jersey on and we're going to be doing this. So, uh, you know, I think so. So if I look at the schedule, we play the Texans at. at it's one o'clock game. Right? One o'clock. It is one o'clock. Yes. Yep. So a one o'clock game there is not too bad for me. It's uh, seven at night. All right. Oh, that's, perfect. that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. So it's actually good. Yeah. You know, it's it's like watching the night game Prime and then I, I, I go to bed, you know, after yeah, that. Yeah, I wonder so. how that. Wonder how that's going to affect them. So in Germany, that's a prime time game for the Giants. We know their record in prime time games, but uh, I guess it's a, it all depends on how you look at it, right? Prime time in the United right. States is where they struggle. Um, so technically, this being prime time in Germany, uh, we might be able to break the prime time streak overseas. So I will say this: the last couple times I was in Germany, positive results. One of them was the Daniel Jones' very first game when he played Tampa Bay. Ooh, that I was a that win. One. Yeah. Uh, the the next game that I was there was a, another win. I can't remember exactly who it was against, but I was there for two ridiculously terrible games. If you remember the oh, game God. against the Titans where Vince Young got out of the grasp of Kiwanuka. Never forget it. Oh, I remember God. it. So yep. I was, you know, in Germany streaming that game, you know, losing my shit in the hotel. Uh, and then the other game that I was there for was Eli's uh, game against Minnesota Vikings where he threw oh. five picks. Oh. <laughs> Joey Browner was just like, Ross Browner, whoever it was, one of the Browners. Oh God, brutal game. I had a I had a da- uh, Dallas fan say to me after that game, happened to be in town visiting from out of town. Uh, not our resident Twitter Dallas fan friend, it's a different Dallas fan. And we after that game was over, he didn't say much during the game. After it was over, he said, "You still think Eli's a guy?" I lit him up. There were some beers involved, but uh, but yeah, of course. So, the best story I have about being in Germany for a football game is we were there for the Super Bowl one year, 
and it was the Colts uh, Saints game. And over there, I mean, when the, when the Super Bowl's being played, it's it's the middle of the night because uh, you know six o'clock. You figure it starts already. It's midnight when or midnight or one one in the morning when it kicks off, and. So we were sitting at a hotel bar and the bartender halfway through is like, guys, I'm out. He's like, uh, he's like, help yourself to drinks. What? So we, we tipped, we tipped him, we tipped him well. He kept the taps going. And by the end of the night, the CEO of our company is playing home sweet home on the piano that was in the bar area. <laughs> and it's just three of us. Home sweet home. Yep. Tonight, tonight. That's like the house in the neighborhood that, you know, for trick or treating, uh, you know, leaves the basket out with a little note. Please take just one. Yeah. yeah. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, you're gonna trust a 12 year old kid to take yeah. just one Reese's peanut butter cup? Uh uh-uh. uh. So, needless to say, morning morning meetings were not happening the, on on that no. Monday. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so, you guys got any thoughts about? You know, we talked a lot about you know what the season's been so far. We actually talked about our preview sort of to the end of the year. Any anything you want to highlight in the first half of the year? I mean, for me. I don't think it could have gone any better for what Brian Dable's done and, and, you know, the maturation of, of Daniel Jones and, and the reemergence of Saquon Barkley. Um, I think what they're doing with a receiving core that literally could field the three of us and, and still probably get the same amount of output is, is amazing. So I, 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 I do not want that to come crashing down on us. And I really don't think it will. I think we're a 10 to 11 win team. That's going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, Go I'm ahead. definitely a little nervous about the receiving core, but you know, you just hit on a couple of things, Scott. I think when we did our preseason, you know, outlook, um, I remember, you know, a couple of my own thoughts were uh, really centered centered around the obvious. It was definitely, you know, Saquon Barkley getting back to being Saquon Barkley, and he's no question has he proved that in Week One at Tennessee when he was, uh, you know, uh, scampering around, um, you know, in in Week One. So he and he's only gotten better and stronger. So. Not, not being certain about his health and so and the fact that he's now back to being 100 percent is great. And then the other one was, of course, the, you know, the, the, the play of Daniel Jones and, you know, his uh, ability to take the next step, be a leader. I wanted him to, you know, see really be the leader on that offense. And, you know, again, he's, he's sort of like an Eli kind of personality, not the most vocal guy. I've seen him in some of the, you know, the, the locker room celebrations at the end of the game. He's kind of an all business kind of buttoned up kind of guy. I don't give a shit. That's fine. If you're winning football games, I don't care what your personality is. I don't get wrapped up to that kind of shit. I really don't. I don't. I'm, I'm not one of these people that just get, I, I don't care. I'm not a social media guy and all that bullshit. Like, you know, whether or not he's, uh, you know, the, the winning a popularity contest, he's there to win football games. So if I bottom line you, are they re-signing Jones and Barkley one or the other? I think they're signing both. I do. Um, in fact, I saw, you know, a couple, uh, and again, you can right now, nobody knows for sure, but, uh, so there's a lot of, uh, speculation and articles and some other things out there been reading some of the, you know, the, the blogs and other things, you know, giant beat writers and that kind of stuff. And, and the, the plan seems to be favoring that they're signing both Jones and Barkley. So that again, you know, we, we talked about it earlier, Mike, you, you, you brought up the, the strategy and, and the plan going forward. So I think I, let's put it this way. Would you rather, I'll throw the question back to you guys. Like, would you rather be shoring up Barkley and Jones or going to get a, uh, you know, maybe an, a mediocre to somewhat, you know, to average, maybe above average wide receiver right now for the rest of this year? I'd rather, be, I'd rather know that we have our quarterback and 
possibly the best running back in the NFL right now on our roster going forward. So that's what I'm looking for. You know, getting a receiver now. Yeah, I'm a little. Cons- that's definitely the concern right now. I think for the rest of the year, because I think we're 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 getting better at each and every other position. Um, on um, you know, for uh, especially on on you know defense, but um, yeah, Scott, I don't know yet. Yeah, it, it's the the outlook for the rest of the year. Man, would be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs. Now, I'm, I'm I'm still not looking for this team to make a playoff run. But God, just get in. Even if they lost in the first round, I mean, of course we're not going to feel that way if they lose in the first round. And, and <laughs> you know, depending on how, I mean, you can say it now, but it's one of those things where like it'd just be a sense of relief to just get there because now my biggest fear is like, holy shit, do not blow a six and one record and and somehow not make it, not make the playoffs in the NFC. Now, that's what I'm kind of I'm nervous about that. Yeah, I, I'll i start with Scott's last question. I, I love this entire line of questioning. I, I agree with uh, Cardone. I think Jones and Barkley uh, are coming back. Uh, I think Jones has earned that. I, I think anyone just paying attention and being unbiased about it, you can win with Daniel Jones. It's, you know, that even sounds a little bit like I'm underselling him um, because I, I think you can do more than that. Now, you know, every quarterback has bad games. You know, we, what we didn't talk about in this game is, he missed a couple of wide open guys on deep shots early in this game. Um, it was, yeah. it was a bad game for him. Uh, there, there's no question. And again, add my little sentence that I talked about in the beginning to the, to the end of that statement. So that that's what I'll say about that. I'll, I'll say something maybe a little bit controversial um, for the, for the long-term outlook of this team, if we could only get one, and I know that's not the case, but if that were the case, I'd almost prefer to keep Jones and let Barkley go. Um, Oh, because I think with an off with a better offensive line, you know, give me a plotter, give me a guy who doesn't uh, who doesn't get us in second, third, and nine so often, um, you know. And I and I know Barkley. I agree with what you said, Chris. He is probably right now the best running back in football. Um, but you know, I think the way these guys run want to run offense, uh, you know, I think we could win with a three yards in a cloud of dust guy uh, long term. And quarterbacks are a little bit harder to come by than running backs. Yeah. But that all that said, I want Barkley back desperately. So uh, don't don't take that any other way. Um, I love like taking a look back at the bye week, and I'll just I'm gonna go you know twenty thousand feet and look down on this season. So guys, when this season started, we had eight games until our bye. Those games included at Tennessee, against Dallas, at Green Bay, against the Baltimore Ravens, and at Seattle. I think most people objectively looking at that had the Giants at best three and five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, looking ahead at the schedule, you know, when you, we, we talked about the five that we could win. Um, and outside of that, we've got Dallas, we've got Philly twice, and then we've got Minnesota. Um, you know, those are the four that look tough. We, we've already beaten better teams than that yeah. <laughs> on, on our schedule, save for Philly, obviously. But um, so, you know, it, it's really hard to lose going into a bye week because that taste is there. But yeah. we've already done some pretty amazing uh, things this season. Yeah. Um, you know, now, 100% with Chris, if we don't make the playoffs from here, I will be devastated. Be um, tough. Especially yeah. immediately. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try to get back in my helicopter and go back up to 20,000 feet. Remind myself, rebuilding year, had a nice start. We need receiver help. The offensive line starts to get a little better, um, all that. The 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 one thing that concerns me going forward and, and actually kind of bums me out because it shouldn't be this way is obviously the receiver position. Chris and I talked about it on um, on Sunday. 
it's not just that the Giants have a lot of injuries. They the injuries always seem to attack a group. Uh, 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 you know, it's like it, this year's the wide receiver group. Last year it was the offensive line. It's it's you know it's like, yeah. Why can't we just have like you look at our you look at our injury report? It's like wr 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 all you know all the way down. Nuts. It's it's like why can't that be wide receiver d back? Uh, you know, punter, just spread it out a little bit. You know, no, it's got to, it's got to wail on one position group. Every Throw in a tight end as well. Throw yeah, in a starting tight yeah, end. You know, just, yeah. just a, a I mean, pass catcher. Yeah. It, it's crazy, but it shouldn't be this way. It's not supposed to be this way. I mean, um, we all hate Gettleman. I, I get it. And he overpaid for Galladay by a bunch, ah. but that should have solved the situation we're in right now. We shouldn't be having this problem because we have Kenny Galladay on the freaking roster. How, how does anyone predict what's happened with him? You know, uh, the, I mean, you look at the, the, I can't think of his name again. James <laughs> absolutely cost us this game. He's a guy that has no business being on our roster. He would be on the practice squad if we didn't have all these injuries and other trouble. You know, it's it's crazy. I mean, th- this team's supposed to have Wandale Robinson, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, and Darius Slayton. Yep. That's I'm, supposed I'm, to be our starting wide receivers. I'm going to lobby. And Sterling against... Shepard. I'm sorry. Don't forget oh, Sterling Shepard was on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Completely yeah. forgot Shepard. I'm going to lobby against ever signing a D- Detroit Lion receiver again, Ian. Herman Moore, yeah. Golden Tate, and uh, <laughs> Galladay. Golden That's a great Tate. call, too. <laughs> Get that guy. Golden Tate. <laughs> the invisible man. Moore. Jesus. But, yeah. But Mike, a great point there on 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 the early season. You know, I think if we go back to our preseason podcast, we talked about surviving the first half. Yeah. If we survive the first half, then in the second half we get teams like Houston, Detroit. You know, I don't think we thought Indianapolis was going to be that bad, but we had yeah. Washington twice on the schedule, so we figured those are four wins coming up. If we could just survive that early beginning, um, you know, now Washington seems pretty tough. Indy doesn't seem that tough. So if we could split with Washington, beat Indy, and beat Houston and and Detroit, right there are the 10 wins. So, you know, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, we, we do have Minnesota on the schedule, which is funny because uh, as much as uh, Detroit lost Hawkinson, uh, Minnesota grabbed Hawkinson. So we have to yeah. deal with him now as, yeah. as, as Minnesota technically gets stronger. So, so you guys have any – well, go ahead. Yeah, somehow, you know, at six and two going into a bye, we like Chris said, and we all feel it. It feels like kind of a kind of a bummer going into the bye with that loss. But just just move that loss to week one, right? Let's just say we lost to Tennessee, we lost to Dallas, and then we won the rest of the games there, and we're going into the bye six and two. Guys, we are jumping out of our seats right now. If that's yeah, oh. if that's the oh yeah, so I mean. I- I look at the loss this way too. Like it's the bye week. I think is coming at a pretty good time right now because I feel like, especially you know, you're coming, you just came off of two road games. Yeah. One, one being you know the, the West Coast and Seattle, and and you know when you when you have that winning streak, you want to keep playing. Like it's sort of like who we got next week. You can't wait for the next game. So now it's all of a sudden we hit that little bump. We hit that bump in a row, and we have a and you know the loss is coming. We're not gonna you know the Giants. Yeah. We none of us thought we're, we're gonna you know just rattle off seven, eight, nine wins in a row. Of course yeah. not. Yep. Um, so the loss came at Seattle, not that unexpected. And so now we can regroup and it's like, okay, it, yeah, it's kind of sits in your mouth, but I, I'm okay with it. We're like, all right, fine. You know, like, like Dayball had, had a good comment. We're like, all right, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to get right back to work. And we got some things we, you know, they, he was already talking about reflecting a little bit on the first half, but now coming up with a, you know, a solid game plan and a strategy going into the second half of the season. I think the buy comes at a pretty, really a good time. I'm, I'm, 
Um, I'm happy with where we are, obviously the, our, our record for sure, but even coming off of the loss at Seattle, um, you know, is, is they're a good team man. Seattle's a good team. So, mm-hmm. um, it's not like we, we threw one away by any means. I mean, yeah, we, we had the, the fumbles and all that, but, uh, six and two guys, and we, we've already said it enough tonight. We, uh, yeah, we, we would have paid for that in, in a heartbeat a couple months well, ago. So, And I mentioned earlier that that Carolina-Atlanta game might have been the only one that helped us. It really wasn't. I mean, Packers lost to the Bills. Buccaneers lost to the Ravens. Um, the, the Cardinals lost to the Vikings. If you look at the NFC West and the NFC South, I mean, you're basically looking at, at eight teams that are at 500 or below. So, yeah. I mean... When you see that, you know, and we've beaten the Bears, we've beaten, uh, you know, we, yeah. we Packers, Packers. So and, and what I like, guys, is what, you know, you look at and I'm not going to go through look at everybody's schedule now, of course. But you know, you, all these teams have to play each other, which is great. Mm-hmm. So head to head, there's going to be losses. All these teams, there's, you know, hopefully it just balances out and there's no one that's just you know pulling away and, and kind of knocks the Giants out. But if all these teams are playing each other for the next nine weeks and if the Giants just win their games, this is where, like, it's great to be in a position we're in. I don't want to worry about are we getting help and who's losing and who's winning. Isn't that fuck that? We, we just win our own. Take care of our own business and win our games. Yeah. That's it. You don't, wanna, you don't want to rely on Doug Peterson to get you in the playoffs. We know. Oh, that. my God. Fuck no. Doug Peterson. That bastard. <laughs> you guys God. got any pet peeves this week? I'll, I'll start with Mike. Oh, I usually don't lead these off. I usually have to follow the master of the pet peeves. So I have, I do have one this week. It's outside of football. Um, you know, so we just, Halloween just passed. So you know what happens on Halloween? You know, uh, you've got to be home early uh, because if you're not, you know, you're in, you're in danger of hitting someone's kid and go to jail for the rest of your life because they're all just running around outside. So, right. you know, you got it. And then, you know, if you're me, you come inside, turn off all the lights and lock, you know, lock the door and all that. Um, but so that that's my Halloween tradition. Everyone has traditions. So that brought up to mind a thing, something that happened here around my neighborhood. Uh, I don't know. It was earlier this year, I guess. So I'm, I'm driving home from work one day and I come around the corner and I'm driving up toward my house and there's kids kind of playing in the road. So I have to slow way down, you know. And then, you know, you never know if one of these little things is going to jump out from behind a car. So, you get, you know, <laughs> right. so I get up and I go past this car and there's a sign there. It's official looking, but it's not like from the city. It's a, you know, it's a sign that like someone had it printed. It's not like in marker and it says speed limit 10 children at play. <laughs> the speed limit on that road is 35. Some fucking parent can't change the speed limit. You can't you can't just make up your own speed limit for some area of road. The roads are made for cars. If there were no cars, there'd be no roads. Put your little fuck trophies in the yard and get them out of my road. Crying out loud. And these parents like apparently you work for City Hall now, right? The Department of Roads and Services, whatever. You just this is 10 because my kids want to play here. No, get them out of the road. <laughs> that's the most old. I love that a, one. That's the most old man pet peeve I've had yet. Get out of my road. Yeah. Get off my lawn. That's the, uh, <laughs> we, you always see the little, the, the little green turtle out there in front of someone. It's like a oh, big plastic yeah. thing. looks like a yep. yard, you know, ornament or yep. something like that with a yep. little flag, like slow, the little slow sign. Like yeah. you don't get like, to make up your own speed limit. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what to do. I, I love when I'm on the highway and someone goes blowing by me and I'm going 80 and it says baby on board. 
Whoa, yeah. what, the, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. Clear the way. Baby on board. <laughs> like, what, what good do people think that baby on board sign is doing? Oh, I was going to ram that car. Baby on board. <laughs> I guess not. I guess I'll have to. I was going to just randomly shoot through the back window. Right. I guess I won't now. Right. There's a baby in there. I was planning to cut that bastard off. Some... <laughs> Flipping the double bird. Like, oh, 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 all right. Nah, Never sorry. mind. Didn't nah. know you had your kid with you. And out loud. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good I also one. like the, I also like the, you know, the, I, if, if either of you guys have done this, I apologize ahead. This is all for comedy, but like the little fam, the stick figure family on the, on the yes. back window, you know, it's like, hell, Seen thank those. you for, you know, the, the, uh, child molesters out there. Thank you for all that information about your family. <laughs> I appreciate that. You also put right. times where they're home alone on there. Get... Mm-hmm. <laughs> the local pedophile is to, like just like going around with a little note. Okay, right, 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 right. 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 No pets on that one. I don't have to worry yeah, about a dog. That, right. right. No, is there any dogs? Yeah. No dogs. Beautiful. Nope. No watchdog, guard dog, gonna you know just try to yeah. attack me and bite me. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Check. I really don't know where some of these segments are gonna end up going. This is great. No, this is a good one. <laughs> The family stick figure sticker on the back decal on the back of a station wagon. I like the ones. Who I don't think they make station the, wagons anymore. The dinosaur. You see the ones they put the dinosaur up there. My dinosaur ate your stick figure family. I, yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Good one, man. Come on. Yeah, you know, I, it, I, it's funny. I following the theme here of I, I guess that would be considered uh, you know annoying people, right? So my theme is kind of the same. Along the same lines here, just annoying people. Um, I apologize ahead of time if I've, I've mentioned this one before. I have a feeling I might have uh, in, in a much earlier segment at this particular pet peeve. I mean, this is a brief one, but it's you know we 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 spend a lot of times watching our 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 giant games in sports bars. So obviously there's other football fans there on an NFL Sunday watching games of other teams, and they got their jerseys on, and and you know we but we have our as, as we at the three of us like to say, we like to think we're knowledgeable football fans, you know, and we and when we get into when we were watching our game, it's fucking intense. We are intense fans. Right. So we're watching the game. We're assessing and breaking down every play. You know, we're starting like the three of us almost are like arm in arm. We're like, you can't like this is it's like a rugby scrum. We're like, just try to break into this circle. <laughs> but sure enough, there's always one or two jack offs at the bar. And they're always this guy that's by themselves, been drinking all day. They're just looking to glom on to any like social circle they can get their hands and claws into. So somehow they think like, oh, these guys look like uh, pretty uh, fun guys. Uh, you know, let me just like they just come in at the most inopportune time after a brutal call or something like that, and they're trying to justify. Let's say the Giants just got fucked on a you know a, on a phantom personal foul call, and then some guy. Who ha- we have we have nothing to do with just chimes in and be like, oh no, did you see like he was grabbing the guy's face mask and you know did you see the dude did you see the play? Like, are you talking to us? Is that what you're doing? Like you're just talking to three strangers? You can't tell that we're like watching the game. Guys trying to ask you questions in the middle of a a, a drive or a goal line stance, whatever it is. Get the fuck, dude. Watch your own game. I see that you're wearing a Buccaneer jersey. Watch the fucking Buck Panther game or whatever it was on. Bucks, uh, no, they were. Uh, it was Falcons, Panthers Ravens. last weekend. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Bucks, Ravens. Yeah, but I see the guy with like it's you know just some random guy who is 
who never says a word about his own team. You just wonder, like, is this guy even does he even care? Is he how does it did he just go into the closet and did someone or does, did he just walk down the street and someone just picked his jersey out of a out of a dumpster <laughs> and put it on him? Because it looks like he doesn't care what happens to the supposed team he's rooting for with the jersey. But my pet peeve is these guys that just it, it, you're, when you're at a sports bar, they just glom onto your conversation and pry their way into the middle of 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 what we're doing, what we're watching. It's like, what, go watch your own game. Fucking leave us alone. We're we're intense fans watching our game. I'll never forget the time I was at a sports bar in Charleston, and and I had my Giants jersey on. The guy next to me had a Giants jersey on. I'm like, oh great, you know this guy will be good. So I'm sitting next to him, and. And all of a sudden, there's a, a sack, right? And we were playing the Redskins. We ended up beat, winning that game. I think it was like a season opener or one of those things. And Strahan comes in and does a chopping motion and, and causes a fumble. And I think he might have even scooped it up or OC scooped it up and went in for a touchdown. The guy turns to me and goes, that 92 is pretty good. Who is that again? Oh, I was no. just like, are you God. fucking kidding me? 92. So I, said, I, I actually thought he was joking at first. I'm like, it's Michael Strahan. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, like, like, it didn't register to him who the fuck Michael Strahan was. <laughs> and so for the rest of the game, this guy's asking me who everyone's fucking number is. And I'm like, guy, just just watch the game. Please Stop. just watch the game. Don't look in my direction. Don't ask me. Yeah, don't, don't even look at me. Sometimes I don't want to hear from you the rest of the day. don't want to see the Giant fan because the Giant fan is not yeah. the guy you wanted to be with. You don't want, yeah. It's, he's the, the typical Giants fan is not us oh. or, or our or our <laughs> listeners. It's someone else right. usually. I, Cardone, I, I was going to use one and I didn't because I thought I'd be stealing yours. But I don't know if you caught the guy while you're watching the game who said, uh, uh, man, I, I I do hope the Giants win, but I hope Barkley has a bad days against me in fantasy. And uh, I, see. I, I I was I was like, ah! <laughs> I'm, I obviously must have tuned him out, Mike. I didn't yeah. even hear or see. Well, I, thought, I just I thought the yeah. reason I thought you were going to use it is because I was kind of looked like the guy was on the other side of you when he said it, and I was just like, you know, and you <laughs> you had the most disgusted look on your face when he said it. I thought you must have been, but something must have been happening in the game. But I said, oh my god, I might have to go get between Cardone and that guy. <laughs> Oh, like the guy. How about the guy who tried to take my seat the week before? Remember that guy? Oh yeah. Like I, I stood up just to like stretch whatever stood you know. Up for a second, the guy. Some, some jack off sat down. I go, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Where are you going? I go, I'm sitting there. He's like, meanwhile, I got my giant jersey on. Here's Mike yeah. sitting. Like we all have giant jerseys on. He, you know, he, he couldn't put two and two together. He's a, again a single guy. Yeah. And I, he goes, <laughs> he looks at me. He goes, well, he goes, well, you're you're standing now. I'm like, I fucking stood up for one second. I go, I've been here since one o'clock. Get it, get, get out of here. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> oh, and, and they had, uh, Scott, they had all sorts of trouble getting the Giants game out at 4 o'clock. Wasn't I sitting there telling you guys I was worried well, about this? Yes, the overtime. and But, yeah, it was not the local game. Yes, we had some Whopper issues. Yeah. For those listeners that don't know, <laughs> might not know what the Whopper is, that's the uh, early on in the first, in season one, we talked about sports bars, bartenders and managers trying to, make a switch to a flip the channel in a sports bar to a giant game or any game for that matter. And it's like, they got to go to, it's some like, they got to go to NASA to figure this thing out. <laughs> the Whopper was the old, the, the nuclear war defense thing in, in the, the war games from 1983. They've this got a massive out. computer. They've got yeah. like the manual out in the, in a yeah. remote control. <laughs> She's up there with the clicker, right? Mike, Mike threw it out there. He's like, Oh, we got a Whopper situation going. <laughs> 
Don't you love when the clicker doesn't work either? They're mashing buttons and there's absolutely nothing registering on the TV. It never works. works. They always have to hold it behind the TV. Right. It it never works. What I don't understand is do do, do any of them or the three of – or anybody for that matter, do you have that much trouble changing the fucking channel like when you're at home? Yeah. Like when you're at home, it's the same – like this. the the remote for the – it's a direct TV. It's the same one. So do you have that much issues in your living room? I, I don't get it. She was going they look down. all confused too. They're looking around. They're looking for help. They're like, yeah. they, they see the guide up there. And at one point, my, it was like it was like the planes, train, and all planes, yeah. trains, and automobiles because she started scrolling up. Mike's yeah. like, "You're going the wrong way." <laughs> and then she turns around. It's not out locally, is it? No, it's not. She's got, Scott. So picture you, you know how the you know how the grid is, right? You got the one o'clock games and then the four o'clock. And from, from top to bottom, it's ones and then the fours. So she starts scrolling up, obviously going to like, I don't know, Nickelodeon and everything else. We're like, go in the wrong direction. <laughs> the four o'clock games are in, in chronological order from top to bottom. They've been like that since the NFL Sunday ticket was invented. All of a sudden, you're in the, the Spanish-speaking channel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she gets to the bottom of the screen, and Cardone and I are like, one more, oh, one more. Yeah, and then she starts going. going the other direction. We're like, no! Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Yeah, All right. Cool. So, so you guys might not have been able to hear this at the bar, but my, my uh, pet peeve is more about the it, – it's the total hypocrisy of both player safety as well as celebration. So I'm going to talk about player safety first. So, you know, we had Mark Sanchez doing our game, and there are certain people that think Mark Sanchez does a pretty good job. Well – there's a sequence at the end of the game where one of the Seahawks ear holes Tanner Hudson as he's on the sideline. And Mark Sanchez is like, oh, oh, look at that hit on the, look at that hit on Hudson. And I'm like, in any stretch of the imagination, this is a helmet-to-helmet hit mm-hmm. to a guy that's just on the sideline. And you guys are celebrating it. We're supposed to be, like, not wanting to have concussions or anything like that. And you guys are like, what? Woo-hoo! Look at this! Yep. Yep. <laughs> I just don't get that mentality. It's a, it's almost like if you, like when you're watching a college game, the college announcers will be like, "Well, that might be targeting." Well, well they're targeting. they're probably gonna take a look at targeting. Here, like Mark Sanchez is doing like a full on like WWF. Woohoo! Look look at that play here, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if that's a personal foul. It looked like a personal foul. He launched himself into Tanner. Tanner Hudson helmet first. It's certainly not something we're going to celebrate. No, no. They, they will use it in ads to promote their game. And then can't they really can't really do it. Exactly. But and then yeah. the, the other part of that is actually the celebrations themselves. So I was watching the, the coverage of the games on, on Monday and we all saw what happened in, in the Panthers game where <laughs> you know, the Panthers, EJ Walker throws a, an amazing ca- oh, pass to DJ Moore. DJ Moore catches the ball and takes his helmet off. We know that's a penalty. It's it's a penalty. Now I, I did hear after the fact that he, he took his helmet off after he was out of the field of play, which shouldn't have been a penalty. But oh, we no. saw back we saw Beckham get the same penalty when he took his helmet off on the sidelines and things like that. So yep. th- this has been called throughout time. Well, the announcers are always like, ah, this guy's got to know better. What a jackass. And then the very next segment, they're covering the Eagles game. 
And of course, there's like a six-person celebration in the end zone of dancing and stuff like that. Look, look at the look at the Eagles having fun, celebrate, dancing, woohoo! Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what is what is really the difference between these two scenarios? Other than one guy took his helmet off and the other one has six people. I, I understand choreographed celebrations are now allowed, but it's like it's almost like why are we celebrating this? And yet calling DJ Moore the most stupid player on the face of the earth. It, 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 it's ridiculous to me. Yeah. When, when they decided to, you're right, Scott, when they decided to allow choreographed celebrations, they also should have nixed that helmet off in celebration. Now, I, so if you score, you could take it off. I think should probably be the rule um, outside the field of play. You right. don't want players on the, you know, like just getting tackled and taking it off to show somebody up. Um, so if they're going to allow a celebration, that, that is hypocritical, but I'll tell you my, angle on this that I completely agree with yours, but to me, it's, you know, we have these rules and the rules are in the rule book and it's the player's responsibility, the coach's responsibility to know the rules. So all I heard this week, of course, being in, in Charlotte is a different uh, animal than, you know, some of our listeners might've heard, but is it time to do away with this rule? Is it, you know, like, like they're wringing their hands about how that, that rule just doesn't really do much. And it costs the Panthers a game. It doesn't, it might be time to do away with the rule, but let's not try to excuse what DJ Moore did. You know what I heard a lot of? You can't the, do the it. kicker. The kicker just needs to make the kick. Well, no. sure. Just, you know, you push them yeah. back 15 yards. It's now like a 48 yeah. yard extra yeah. point. Sure. He just needs to make the kick. Yeah. You, you just turned it into a pressure packed <laughs> game winning field goal from a, from something, you know, you could barely have to swing your leg for. But then the 32-yard miss in overtime, which is well, just yeah, icing yeah. on the cake. No, I'm just saying, like, is there no, is there any doubt that he's missing? Like, they're, they're, like the Panthers are not winning that game after that. No. Like, the football gods will not allow no. that outcome. They just won't. It's incredible. But I, that, I, it, I tweeted something this week, and it, it's it's a hilarious sequence. It's Allen Robinson gets a first down against uh, whoever they're playing. Are they playing the card? No, uh, who did the Rams play this week? Um, Oh, the Niners. San Francisco. Yeah. He gets up and he signals first down, but he does it in a, there, there happens to be a 49er stand in front of him. So he signals that. So the 49ers all call for a flag. The ref throws a flag. And then the, the 49ers are all in Robinson's face clapping. So, so Robinson gets a, he, right gets a he gets a penalty for taunting. Yeah. They throw the flag for taunting. And then the 49ers are all taunting them back. <laughs> they don't get a flag. So That's it's like good it's point. like the, the taunting is just bullshit. The taunting is is it it's is made bullshit. up. It's made up. Yeah. It's made up crap. Total bullshit. And all all Robinson did, you know, if you watch CD Lamb this week, every time he made a first down, he did some weird thing where he went like this and you know would shoot his arm out like first down. All Robinson did when he made the first down was stand up and go like that. He just happened to do it with a 49ers standing within five yeah. feet of him. I mean, I, I'll, I, of course, I have another take on that as well. It's my least favorite part of the game that happens regularly now. I would say players making official signals is a 15-yard penalty. Any player who signals first down or does this, yeah, it's a hold. No, that's on you, 15 yards. Or tells us that it's the defender that tells us yep. it's fourth down. Yep, I do it. 15 yeah. yards, impersonating an official. I, New rule. I, I love this one when, when, you know, the, the two announcers, the two, you know, jackoffs that are, that are calling the game, some guy will do some celebration on the field. And then one of the guys, you know, like, or, or the, the announcer will ask like the, the, the former player, who's also the, you know, the color commentator, like, yeah. well, what's that celebration there? Uh, you know, like you know, Schlereth or whatever. And he's like, oh, I don't know. 
How the fuck do you want to? How do you expect him to know? Guy's been out of the league for like 20 years. It's like, well, what, what do you think he's doing there? Like, uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it just, just whatever. Guy just made something that we've never seen before. Or guys, who knows? It could be something that from his. It's just ridiculous. That was illegal in my day, Shalareth would say. Yeah. <laughs> right. He could, he could celebrate. Right. Shalareth. You guys got anything else this week? Yeah, I, I think Not we really. covered. Yeah, I think just we did the bye. Let's just go into the bye, lick our wounds. So hit us uh, up on. I'm ahead. just looking over my notes. I, I'm good. I got uh, So hit us up on Twitter at angry underscore three. The three is spelled out. Ask us some questions. I will be in Germany next week. Uh, I'm not sure if that's when the, the Buccaneers will also be in there for uh, the Munich game, but oh, uh, right. that would be interesting. if it, It's definitely in the next two weeks when I'm over there. It's got to be. Will you, will you make us a promise? What? No attempts at a German accent next week. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot promise. Oh, <laughs> God. Too late. Uh, <laughs> like, I knew I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Oh, this God, is it is the following possibly. Sunday. Yeah, Seahawks Buccaneers in Munich. In Munich. On the 13th, 9.30 Eastern. So, yeah, that's, what, middle of the day out in uh, in Munich. Yeah, so I, I leave this. I leave the following Monday. So this Sunday I'll be here. I leave Monday. So I will be over there for the Munich game. There All you right. go. Rust! Bring your bring your jerseys. Bring your giant jersey of it, so you can be an NFL fan in yeah. Germany wearing a different team's jersey, just like walking yeah. the streets. Maybe I'll, Cardinals. Maybe I'll buy a Cardinals Bayern jersey. Munich yeah. jersey and just wear that. I'll yeah, like what's Tony, that? Tony, I'll buy a Bayern Munich jersey. I'll be like Tony Cruz or someone. And go. You should uh, you should get on eBay right now and get yourself a what was it the uh, Frankfurt Galaxy? Yeah, the- Frankfurt Galaxy. <laughs> The W laugh, the W World League of American <laughs> World League of American Football. Wasn't that it? I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. By the way, I'd apologize last week. I didn't realize this until I was re-listening to our podcast. We had like a twenty second gap in, in, in the uh in the podcast last week with the audio. I have no idea what was caused by that. I don't listen I don't listen to the podcast all the way through when I'm I'm editing it. So apparently either all of our mics went out or maybe the Oh. The conference call feed went out. I, I really Darren. don't know. Darren, 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 Darren yeah, needs Darren to be the fucking intern. Get him on that. Yeah, we need a we need a new one. It's no question. We need to we need to start hiring around here. Yes. So we will be back next week talking about a preview for the Texans game and uh, look at the second half of the season. I will be in Germany. Germany. So, Germany. <laughs> now, now I'm just doing it to make Mike pissed off. <laughs> so we thank all you guys for listening. Have a great week. Uh, let's let's pull it. Well, I think Dallas is on by this week, but let's pull against everyone else that's in the NFC. Hopefully, Washington does not win again. Does that do they know? Do we know Washington and Philly who they play this week? Oh yeah, uh, well, Philly plays. Uh, not I'm not expecting help here. Philly plays tomorrow night at Houston. Yeah. Oh. And Washington then, uh, plays. Uh, home Washington's got Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, they got Minnesota. Ah, so. Minnesota. And yeah, I yeah. think. Doesn't Minnesota play uh, Philly the following week or something? No, they they already played. Oh, do um, they play? Yeah, yeah. Kirk, Kirk Cousins isn't beaten Philadelphia. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh my Philly, God! I, I mean, Philly's Philly schedule looks scary. They can they could win a lot of games, man. Philly could uh, go undefeated. 
It's uh, yeah. I'm I have yeah. not looked at their schedule. They, there is a path to undefeated for them. They got to play us twice, guys. They, they could go undefeated. Like I said, Indianapolis, <laughs> Houston, Washington. Well, I, Packers and Titans, those are home games. I mean, Packers yeah, are, you know, they, whatever. At they Chicago, the, they Saints the, at home. They got the tougher games at home. I mean. Got to go to Dallas still. They're, they're going to lay an egg. They're going to lay an egg. Dallas probably get them. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see you next week. 